You know what, Audrey? I always get charged up starting off the show. I like our first segment. Mm-hmm. I do. Because it gives we- us a chance to sort of have a conversation on a few things. A couple things to talk about what's what's happening in the local industry, what's the physics behind our guests that stop by the show and everything like that. But I always I always get in I always enjoy getting some of your insight as to what's going on because you get to get to you get to go to all the cool meetings. <laughs> you get to <laughs> You get to hang out with all the, okay, all the fun people. Okay, you're adorable now. That's, that's it's, really it's, adorable. It's, it's 100% true. <laughs> and so you usually have insight on stuff before most of us kind of get the insight. I'm just saying. Well. And uh, you always have something that you're thinking about. And sometimes it's it's, it's weird. you got to pair the good news with the bad news. Well, it's not. Listen, we, Jonathan, you and I have a really cool gig. We do. The gig is that we get to see what's happening on the ground as these nascent ideas are burgeoning up. But we also get to see what the obstacles are, and, there's many. and we get to and we get to yeah. understand <clears throat> things that many people each and every day just aren't. It's not their world. They don't get the front row seat like we get sometimes. Well, so here we are, Pittsburgh, 2018, on the global map for so many different things. Right? We we get a a flight that goes to China. We've you know got our. You know, Inkton, Seattle flight. The British flight. Airways flights ready to happen British in a couple Airways months. British Airways coming up in a couple of months. Very excited. We get, you know, which is, you know, pathways to the world, so important. We get Facebook putting out a bigger flagship with AR and VR I here know. in the Strip District and an innovation center over at Carnegie Mellon with Facebook. We have representation from all the, from most of the big NASDAQ companies that planted their flag here. Not all of them, but most of them. We're ahead, we're ahead of so many other cities that way. We have the highest level of academic achievement for people between the ages of 24 and 35 that are postmasters. We're like a smart city. We're Literally. Really, we're Literally. really smart, filled smart men, women with here. incredibly educated people. And then, of course, we have an, an incredible amount of people that are un, that are not getting access to things. Now, many high schools like Elizabeth Forward, Upper St. Clair, North Allegheny, and some of the private schools are doing just tremendous work in making sure that the future is is viable for a lot of our young people. But we still see young people who go to college and don't come back. We still suffer from uh, not a growing population. We still are number two in aging, and people are living longer, which is great. Number one is okay, D- yeah. Dade County, right. Miami. Yeah, we're still number. That's been we're like still a like number two. Going yeah, on there. yeah, right. Absolutely. And you know, we also know that people who come to Pittsburgh tend not to leave once they're here, which is they sort of cool. Like and I like that. In. I'm yeah. one of them. Yeah, you get here and you're like, wow, I'm still here 17 years later. This that's sort of crazy. Kind of we're staying. Yeah, right. And but the, the interesting thing is that as people are between the ages of 25 and 34, they're not having children. They're not, or if they are having children, they might be having one. Um, and as people start to age, we're seeing that we're not growing our population. And even though the incredible, incredible things that are happening right. in, you can go to Millvale, you can go to Lawrenceville. I feel like I see people everywhere now. Right. Like, it's weird. I, I think like 20 years ago. It was you never, dead. You never it saw was really downtown. Dead. You went to Millville. Right. There was nobody hanging out. You went to Millville. Right. No one was hanging. Now I feel like everywhere I go, there's a traffic jam right. to get there. So That's I keep feeling like, oh, our population must be growing. But if you look at it, it's actually not growing. It's not growing. That's why I'm saying here's the good news with the bad news. I right. Mean, the good news is, yeah, there's people out doing stuff, but there's not 
we need more of them. <laughs> well, we it's it's a fascinating thing because right. we are a city that has a tricky topography, which is so beautiful. I would visit you, but, but so, I have to go through a tunnel. So no, but I mean, even the topography of yeah. trying to get from one neighborhood to the next. Exactly, That's what I'm saying. we're trying to figure out ways to tether on you know ground transportation so that it becomes pretty easy for people to get around. We just need the hyperloop here, just. To- well, we need, but we need to also be able to get from Highland Park to the North Shore. If, if we had a hyperloop going to South Hills Village, I'd be there every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> if, if so, it's a fascinating thing, right? Because the more that we build into our infrastructure, the more we need people to use it. Exactly. And if they're not using it, they're not, and they're not developing our right. tax base right. into a stronger tax base. So that's a, it's a tough. That's a tough thing to to get to get it out, to get Pittsburgh out of first gear. Then in some right, ways. right, and I think. Part of it is, is, is to me, mm-hmm. we we spend time even at the tech council trying to attract companies that are like in Silicon Valley or in New York or in Boston. Yeah. But you know what? What we really need to be doing is we need to be in places like China. We need to be in South America. We need to Croatia. be in, well, Croatia doesn't have the big companies, but the places oh, I'm, where- I'm, I'm thinking for- get, to no, not people. people. I'm thinking Get people. You're talking about companies. I'm I got you. Okay, about I wasn't companies. following you there. I got you. I'm now. really talking about companies. I'm talking about getting the companies that are the companies that we don't even know about today. Have them come to Pittsburgh. And let them plant their flag. And bring, open up and bring the their US. People, and bring their people over. Right. Yeah, that makes and total that's, sense. That makes that's total sense. the piece that we're really missing. Other cities are kicking our butt when it comes in to, this space. To that, to that Fort area. Lauderdale, Denver, Wait, back up. Fort, Nash. Fort, Fort, Fort Lauderdale, their consortium. What? Is working on yeah. They work on all around the huh, world trying to get big new companies. To me, that's to just so cool. Fl- I love hearing that company that, that that cities like like Fort Lauderdale right are being super smart about stuff. They're and, being and doing really yeah. really smart. That's and, cool. And it's not just about the weather. I mean, it isn't because I mean they no. suffer a lot of bad weather Absolutely. in July, August, and yeah, September. Exactly. That is really no different than what we have here in the winter. Yeah. I don't want to live through hurricanes. I don't want to live through, you yeah. know, having to board my house up at the drop of a, yeah. you know. So, I mean, weather, you know, isn't a conversation. Boston's growing. Yeah. Boston's growing. So if you talk about weather, Boston's growing. Yeah. Their, their weather's terrible. But they're still growing. The, right. Yeah, I'm the tired of hearing are tra- the, yeah. the weather story's becoming a little bit played. The weather's aren't. So the question is, what what is, and then, you know, we also get dinged for not being reflective of a very diverse economy um very diverse community um Definitely. are we really welcoming to yep. people who don't look like but unlike weather that's something we can actually but work if on. you really look at the people who are between the ages of 25 to 34 they're a diverse bunch of people they come from all over to work at some of these companies so my ask is for everyone to be thinking about what are those companies that are all around the world that should plant a flag how do we reach them? in Pittsburgh? Right. How do we reach them? And how can we do that so that we really are bringing the world to Pittsburgh? We Not only, just people. So I have a question, but we only have a couple minutes left. With our immigration policy being as weird as it is, it's how can tough. we then actually get a big company really to and make right. sure they can bring their people over here? That's, well, there are ways and, yeah. and there are ways to do that. There are expat strategies that okay. companies can leverage, but it's also knowing that these strong companies are here and that they're growing and that they are the future and represent the future. That's really gotcha. what the secret sauce is. Absolutely. And that's when the downstream markets start to open up. Exactly. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, Audrey, today's show, got some great people stopping by. We have 
Stefan Vanchev from Panacea stopping by. Internet of Things and Greenhouses have now met each other. That's all I can say. We're going to learn more about that. And Travelwitz, your traveling just became a lot more efficient and cost-effective. Cool, cool company. Yeah. I can't wait. We're going to use it. We're going to use it at the Tech Council. We're going to use Travelwitz. We're going to use them to book our travel. And, of course, we have Jason McKenna from Railway Matters stopping by to talk about the new Emerge podcast series we're spinning up from the Tech Vibe Radio podcast studio that we have in our headquarters at Noah Place. Great stuff. I love it. Great insight today, Audrey. I appreciate it. I can't wait to put uh, the show into second gear and get cruising here. This is Jonathan Kersing. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn about the Tech Council and how we like helping tech companies succeed by going to pghtech.org. So, you know, Audrey, how I've been talking about our new podcast room almost Mm -hmm. nonstop as far as that goes. And, and, And part of doing the podcast thing has been allowing us to like, you know, take a deep dive on subject matter we want to kind of explore. We can't always cover it in nine and a half minutes. And so we've had Jason McKenna on the show quite a few times from Robo Matter. He's almost like the like the sixth stone of Isn't Tech 5 like Radio. Isn't he like the sixth stone? Almost, almost. Look almost. at him. Look, he's got like a, if everyone could see him now. I know, he's all leaned over. He's got like over. a hand yeah. in his pocket, leaned over. <laughs> it's like ready a, to go. A yeah. zip-up hoodie. <laughs> he really dressed up for us today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's really why I he appreciate like, that respect, dude. I, I try. I think he almost lit a cigarette before he came up on air, too. So well, yeah. let's not get into that now. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, so Jason, one of these guys, you've been talking about STEM stuff with us through RoboMatter over many, many years with us doing Tech yeah. 5 Radio. And we've talked about trying to set up a podcast to kind of explore more of the all the different things that are happening when it comes to all things STEM, especially in the Pittsburgh area. So we've now launched Emerge, which I think is kind of fun. We have we have, uh, we have two podcasts in the can right now, yeah. which is kind of fun. It is. It, it's a lot of fun. And I think um, you know, really the genesis behind this is, as you mentioned, Jonathan, it's, it's such a robust subject. And being able to uh, really explore these really interesting conversations. Definitely. Innovators in both of these spaces. And technology, education. And, and what was really intriguing about it is that, um, you know, they're so connected. Uh, you know, like you said, we have two of them taped right now. And the theme that ran through both of those podcasts was this idea of entrepreneurship. Exactly. Uh, you know, so we talked to West Lyons and what he's doing with local schools and what he's doing with his bakery uh, to try to reach out to students that um, one would not normally consider to be entrepreneurs. Exactly. Uh, to expose them to an entrepreneurship, to give them relevant firsthand experience with it uh, and have them go through that and, and, and really, uh, to, to be blunt, change lives uh, Com- within that context. Exactly change lives. And that's yeah. why I was so pumped when we were talking to to West because I didn't know much about him or the fact that Kikri Square was doing what it was doing in, in the waterfront, but I didn't realize he's bringing students and teaching them like business skills, life skills, yeah. responsibility. Yeah. And he was just stepping up I and mean, he's a former Pittsburgh Steeler. And yep. He retired from the sport, and he wanted to keep giving back because he was yeah. inspired by the kids that would approach him knowing he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. He knew he had the ability to really positively impact someone's life, and he didn't have to open Cakery Square or, or try to help kids. He could do you know, whatever mm-hmm. he wanted, but he chose that. And so, Yeah, and, and then you know what you really have to give Wes a lot of credit for is he probably could have went around telling people that, you know, I used to play for the Steelers for probably like the next 15 years. That would have been fine. Exactly. Uh, but, you know. I try it right he, now and it almost was, works for me. Yeah, yeah. That was his initial hook with the kids. But then he was able to expand upon that and say, hey, um, this is what I did. Uh, but you can also do this. You can also be an entrepreneur. You can also learn these skills. You can also do these things. And uh, 
this might be something that can really change your life. And if this is something that you like to do, and, and just you know, from an educational perspective, um, this is the whole purpose of you know extracurricular activities. Not not every student is going to be you know really excited about math, but they may love music. So use exactly. that to help motivate them during the course of the school day. I want to go to school tomorrow because I can't wait for band. There's a lot of kids like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes is doing that same thing I mean, with, with this. The lure of cupcakes alone exactly. would have driven me to go there. It would have kept me off the streets, Jason. I wouldn't exactly. be hosting this show today. I'd have my own cupcakes. <laughs> Called JK's Cupcakes. But it's more than cupcakes. I mean, it's the process. It's exactly. the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's such a great point because you know one of my recent talking points about this has been that as, as I go around in my travels with my job, you know, as you were mentioning, Jonathan, like people will say things like, yeah, uh, we have a great engineering program here, whatever that here is. Right. Because we focus on things like communication and collaboration because we know that our engineers are going to have to communicate and collaborate when they go out into the workspace. And to me, that's analogous to saying that, hey, Jonathan, you have pretty good hand-eye coordination, so you can be a quarterback in the NFL. Exactly. It I've been is, told that many times. It basketball is player. sufficient. Really basketball. It, is, it is necessary, but not nearly sufficient. Exactly. So when we, when we say mm-hmm. things like, to your point about, you know, it's not just making cupcakes. Right. When we say things like kids are going to need to know how to communicate and collaborate, work in a team and do these things. Uh, yeah, you can do that for, you know, 90 minutes a week in a classroom. Uh, but imagine doing that every day in the real world. Oh in my God! I got to talk to people. I got to compromise. I got to <clears> get <throat> my point across. I got to figure out how to let them win. Sometimes exactly. I got to figure out how to compromise. Exactly. Get out of here. Yeah. When did we become so negligent about those kinds of skills? It's a good point. Man, yeah, I don't. It, it's it, it is a good point. I, and. I think it's, yes, I agree with that, but I think the way that, um, and this gets to the other part of of Emerge with the technology part, the way that we um, create products has completely and totally changed within the last 10 to 15 years. Very good point. So now, whereas, you know, five, 10 years ago, not actually probably more like 15, 20 years ago, I had a lot more lead time with the product. I can create a product, maybe it took six, seven, eight, nine months to but get now that product it's so to market. Fast now right now. It's a good point. Well, so the, fast right yeah. now. Well, and, that, other, and that person gave me feedback on it right now. Well, my my thoughts on that are that people used to be able to be individual contributors. Yes. Very often. They yes. were a scientist or they had a discrete They had their one vertical skill, they worked in. Right, yeah. and that they worked in and they sort of came up through that. And we were, many people were working for big companies where there's a lot of hierarchy. Yeah. So you could be an individual, you yep. could work on a team occasionally, and that world has changed. It's world a democratization changed. of it's, everything. It, organizations are flat. So meanwhile, yep. we're busy on our phones, not strengthening our communication skills, our live communication skills. We're, fo- you know, we're strengthening our online communication <laughs> skills for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but we still, now we have people that are like in this trough of not being able to communicate. And actually, sometimes it blows my mind. It is, exactly Because right. it's like happened not just in a generation, it happened in like five years, mm-hmm. in like five-year increments. By the time you get through high school, the world has totally changed from the time you're in ninth grade to your first year, if you're lucky enough to go to college. Exactly. Yeah, in my, in my previous life, when I was still in the classroom, you know, to your point, I still remember the day when I got my first invitation to a graduation party via Facebook. And I was like, 
What? No. <laughs> Come and hand me an invitation, <laughs> send it in oh, the mail. You're so <laughs> oh, you're so old. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Jeez. <laughs> you know, but but those the, you know the, those are all great points, and I think you know the example I give all the time. Uh, I I talk about Uber, right? Um, I said, you know, for most of my formative life, I was told never to get into a car with strangers. I know, and now we jump in. <laughs> That's their entire business model, I know. right? Absolutely. So how do they know that? Exactly. How are they able to figure that out and know it? The only way you, you have to get out of the office to figure that stuff out. Right. Absolutely. You can't so, read about it. Exactly. So, Jason, so, we got about two minutes left. Yeah. So running our listeners, we're talking to Jason McKenna from RoboMatter, yeah. partnering with us on the Emerge podcast series about all things STEM education. If you go to pghtech.org, Hit the drop down. You see our podcast channel there, and you can you can kind of get the first two episodes. What can we expect in the first for some future broadcasts on uh, Emerge? Yeah, so we we have uh, we have a couple uh, folks lined up right now to really talk in more detail about exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, how has product development changed, and how that is, how does that change uh, our job and our work? Uh, so, just as an example of that, um, I spent a lot of time uh, about six months ago interviewing for a new Scrum Master at RoboMatter. Like, what is that job, a scrum master? Like, what is that? Like, can, can I go to college for that? Can I get a degree in that? So there's all these new jobs. So about that, and then also talking to folks from Remake Learning about CS for Pittsburgh. Very cool. And, and how we're trying to de- basically develop that pipeline, pipeline of talent that can come up uh, for these technologies. I'm excited because we'll have there. no time limits. We can talk as long as we as long want. As long as we want. Unlike on the terrestrial thank you so signal much. here. So Jason McKenna, thanks for stopping by. RoboMatter, pghtech.org. Look for our podcast channel there. You can learn all about Emerge and what's going on. Audrey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. It's like variety is the spice of life, Audrey. The cool, uh, Where are you going with that? Because we different types of companies doing different types of things. You don't always think about like tech and agriculture necessarily going like hand in Gee, hand. It's, it's interesting. You know, when I was in Croatia... One of the biggest problems they had was what's the next generation of farming? And mushrooms are a big part of, of Croatia. And so they are trying to understand where's that next generation and yeah. who's doing it. And I said robots. Yeah, well, um, at the end of the day, kids don't want to get dirty anymore. So they want to see everything <laughs> as if it's a real-life farmville. <laughs> and uh, we, the way we want to approach it is we want to – Present to them, hey, there's a way of actually growing a lot of food, and it looks like a lab in there. You have robots running around. You exactly. have sensors everywhere. Everything is running off your phone. And, Stephan, and that's the next generation. That's why we're excited so, to talk to you today. So who do we have in the house? My name is Stefan Vanchev. I am the founder, uh, a founder and president and CTO of Panacea AG. Um, we specialize in uh, creating intelligent greenhouses. We don't necessarily build the greenhouses, but we build the technology that goes inside. So what does that look like? So give us an example and peel that back. So um, I'm also a farmer, so I run my own greenhouses. Really? Um, which what is, do you grow? Uh, basil. So this is where everything started. I built everything I myself from, so cool. from the hand, you know, from the ground up. Uh, the goal is I can never talk about things like this without actually fully experiencing them myself. So I built my greenhouses myself and uh, instrumented everything inside. And then um, I also have a full-time job as a, you know, as a software architect. So um, I'm gone most of the day. Um, and this is where the automation technology was absolutely necessary. Now, the interesting part was that I started with being completely fully hand-driven. That was the goal, is to actually be put in the corner with a complete um, you know, lack of help and uh, constantly worrying about things because this is the kind of stuff that uh, makes me come up with um, interesting solutions to these kind of problems. So um, 
needless to say, calling my wife multiple times to go in and turn the fans on, turn the fans Check off. The was, Check the basil. Check the basil. That only lasted for about a month. And, um, like, I need to Click. automate this somehow. Yeah, this is Click. where the technology started to come in. And um, it, you know, I, I looked at, there are quite a lot of uh, technology companies providing such um, automation uh, pieces, but I could not afford any of them. So none of this stuff is applicable to any of the small farmers. Um, and that's the reason why we decided that we're going to go down this route of uh, automating these greenhouses. At the end of the day, I just want to retire as a farmer. Exactly. You know, so but... you're growing basil with your own technology right now? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. And so talk about that technology. What is it? What does it um, look like? How does it operate? Uh, so we, we've decided that we're going to take a multi-prone approach. So we will go with uh, finding things that are off, uh, off the shelf, uh, any kind of technology we can get off the shelf and integrate it in our greater solution, um, that's a, that's a always a first go. But uh, then we found some some pieces that were incredibly expensive um, from a off the shelf perspective, and then when we took them apart, it just made no sense of how why why like it was we so can expensive. build this much cheaper, yeah. right? And we did. Okay. Um, so we're talking about sensors, you know, automation controls. We have cameras in the greenhouses, and we're finishing our robotics piece, which monitors the plants individually. So each plant has a sensor. It can be you can see how the plant is growing, yeah, and the, based on what it's looking like, it adjusts the conditions it, it, around. It's exact. It, that's exactly the point, right? So uh, we want to be able to predict using weather patterns to see when the sun will you know will will be available. Okay, uh, that in itself translates into cutting down on your heating costs, right? Okay. Or optimizing yeah. your cooling costs. Um, but you can't optimize without monitoring the plants themselves. So you cannot possibly tur- start turning fans and HVACs on and off and controlling the water temperature without monitoring the plants themselves. You have to look for this biological you know, um, feedback to see if they're drooping, if they're spiking up, if right. you're noticing certain mm-hmm. certain. Right, so you need visual yeah. cues. If it starts exactly. turning brown, then big alerts go off. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and then that um, eventually will automatically adjust the nutrient levels. But for right now, we're just feeding our AI with information, and then we're asking master wow. growers, people who actually understand this from – you know, so like, what kind of growers? So is it any kind of plant? Um, it could, in greenhouse, you can grow anything. Uh, it's uh, about 25 years ago, what, this would not have been true um, because the technology was not at the level um, in, in commoditization, in price, in price ranges that we needed it to be in order to make it profitable in, in our region to be able to do something like this. So, um, you know, before you had the giant multi-acre installations that's the only one could have possibly afford you know semi-okay technology for automation makes sense right uh this day and age with iot exploding everywhere sensors are you know a dime a dozen um it makes a lot of sense to start reviewing this and this is this is where i think agriculture will go uh, it has I don't, to it has uh, to be going this way right so you have the commodity agriculture people that are growing soy and corn and things like this that's great we need all that stuff but at the end of the day I don't eat any of those things. I eat salads constantly. So I would like to have my food come from local sources. And the only way you can enable local sources is by providing affordable technology. Um, and and education is what we found You're out. You're solving big, tough problems. Big problems require big solutions. One basil leaf at a time. Yep. So who are you selling to? How, I mean, uh, so we people have, are listening. Yeah, we is have. Is this for home use? Is this for? I, you know, we have. Meaning uh, like a smaller greenhouse, um, right? If if you are if you're the avid um, you know gardener, then you would be um, you would be easier you'd be more willing to um, to adopt such technology because at the end of the day it still requires your attention. Of course, uh, just like you just like you garden, 
Um, but in general, I really think that the only way that we can make a, a big change in our region and then any other region going forward mm-hmm. is to approach the big institutional purchasers. And the only way we can approach them is providing a big capacity of local production. So Distributing it out. Distributing it out. I, I so really that. going back to your question, I think that we're, we're going uh, – our target market is um, small farmers, uh, new greenhouse uh, installations, existing greenhouse installations – you would be surprised how many greenhouses we have in our region. I yes, mean, so Stefan, how many greenhouses are there? Like I think in the we region? we have at least over a hundred. I believe it. Isn't yeah. it a lot of it now? Marijuana. Um, as of right now, for these guys, it's not. Marijuana is very highly regulated, but then again, our technology is it be, it's plant agnostic, so we can be applicable to absolutely anything. Anything like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what has surprised you along this journey? The willingness of farmers to take on technology that hasn't fully been tested. Ah. Uh, cool. they, early adopters. They really? are. They are the Pioneers. early adopters. They, right. It's it's amazing uh, to see how hungry they are for technology. They're dealing with these problems on daily basis of high risk, uh, low uh, low labor availability, uh, and things like this. And they are more than willing to try out anything new, um, as long as you're there, uh, as long as you're face to face talking to them. You're shaking their hands. I have like seriously struck so many deals just with a shaking of a hand. And just being there repeatedly and just showing that I actually care. Exactly. We're listening to Tech Vibrator here. We're talking to Stefan Vanchev from Panacea, panacea panacea.ag. It's so great. Uh, Honestly, these, I'm so glad to see this in my lifetime. I, you know, I mentioned earlier about people not wanting to get, you said, not wanting to get their hands dirty. I mean, at the end of the day, this, this can be even, um, uh, talked about from a tax perspective. I mean, every day you go to Giant Eagle and you buy your vegetables, and that the money just leaves the city. Right. I mean, now that stuff is growing here. Yeah. A lot of it comes from Chile, Mexico, Canada. So mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, like you know, Farm growing, table, yeah, right? growing our communities and making our communities wealthy. But then wow. we walk over into a grocery store, and um, now I'm at the end of you know, like it, you don't know where this is coming from. So we want to bring this visibility of this is proven to be local. I think about the amount yeah. of energy you save not having to trek a bunch yeah. of tomatoes from across the country to Pittsburgh when you could have them trek from Butler County. Yeah, I mean, from, you, you know. have the energy, you have the nutrition levels, you right. have um, uh, just the wealth of the community. I mean, for ev- every dollar that a, a farmer receives generates a dollar ninety seven in that economic activity. Interesting. So, Stefan, you were just at the uh, the Pennsylvania Agriculture Show mm-hmm. back in January. It's a big thing. I mean, that's been going on for... In January. Yeah. Everyone's ready to look for the... January and February are the biggest biggest months for conferences and shows. And it's like downtime on the farm a little bit, right? It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, like, all of the big ones are in January and February. Uh, the interesting part of that show was that for the first time, under the auspices of the governor... Uh, they created this ag innovation section. Right. That's and the first time? That was the first time in 103 years that they actually have brought in innovators. And uh, they asked us, you know, somehow they found out about the summit that we did in November. So they asked kind of me to organize a trip of companies to be the innovators. And uh, we were able to successfully get five Pittsburgh companies and one from State College. That's cool. So that was that was like, incredible. We've like a little little microcosm of ag tech companies popping up here. So in yeah, we have at least right? twenty to twenty five of them. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And so, do most of them have they come out of the universities? Uh, universities, uh, they're transplants. They're coming in from uh, farmers' backgrounds. 
Uh, a lot of these kids actually grew up on farms. They went to colleges, and they they're dealing right. with the problems they've dealt, uh, you know, their with their entire life. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you to pretty much everybody. Like, I want to thank uh, Alpha Lab Gear for accepting us. Of course, we were there for uh, four Definitely. months. Definitely, absolutely. Uh, we we want to help. I mean, I want to say thank you to uh, the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Uh, they've been uh, very helpful with pushing out the you know the the narrative of this and. Uh, just Great. the entire community. Our community is very strong and very much believes in this so local. So can Jonathan urban... and I come and see this at, in at action? You you are more than welcome to. Um, I'm just thinking. You know, we'll invite you to our graduation. It gives event. me an opportunity and, to wear some uh, overalls. <laughs> but um, we have we have few events that are coming up. Um, we have a an AgTech uh, summit, a mini summit, which connects the farmers with educators. Oh and, my god! When's that happening? When's uh, that? That's on February twenty. 22nd. Uh, actually, that's April 4th. April 4th. In, okay. in Hall. And then we have the big event, the big AgTech Summit, the big AgTech Connect Summit, which will be September 27th um, and 20, 27th and 28th. Um, we'll, be, um, we'll have the, the Secretary of Agriculture coming in as a, one of our keynote speakers. But the goal is to connect the companies with the funders and the policymakers. Cool. So panacea.ag. That's so great. Thank it. you so much for the work that you do. Well, thank you guys for having us. I mean, this is incredible. I told you, Audrey, variety is a spice of life. I love basil, great. and he's growing it. So, so We're cool. going to go visit it. I want to yeah. see it in action. Let's do it, man. Absolutely. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech 5 Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us by going to pghtech.org, helping tech companies succeed since 1983. You know what, Audrey? Yeah. Making travel plans is pretty tough. Well, particularly someone like you who doesn't like to travel. Exactly right. So when you do have to travel, it becomes, you know, it's tough to have an efficiently planned trip. This is every a joke time Jonathan down. and I. It's an inside joke we have going on about. It's you know, an outside joke now. It is. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. The outside joke is I love to travel. Mm-hmm. Mr. Like Pittsburgh over here. Once a year, and that's it. I got oh, him on a once a year enough. program. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty good. I like it. It gets you out and about, you know. But what I notice that when I go out and about... You need a system to help you plan the thing out. You really can save some money if you do it right. You can optimize. And that's what Travel Wits does. Really excited to have you guys stop by the show today. Sure, yeah. Thank you. So excited introduce yourselves. My name is Max. I'm a co-founder of the Travel Wits. And I'm a chief product officer, co-founder of Travel Wits with Max. So, Armin, how long have you, been, how long have you been hanging out with I love Max this. For? I only have one name. I know. They're like, Share. Share. <laughs> Armin and Max. Remember, we were just going to call you Audrey for a while, Audrey. I know. I yeah. love that. First names only. In this First show. names only. <laughs> exactly right. No. So give us the pitch, and then we're going to do a little bit of a dive in. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, so I actually travel myself a lot. I'm also a professor at Carnegie Mellon University, and I have to do a lot of travel. And uh, a lot of my travel is something where you know, kind of have a meeting on one day that starts right. at 10 a.m. and then ends the other day cool. at 2 p.m. And right. then it's, it's that hard to figure out how you're actually going to get there before the meeting, what flights you're going to use, you know, day before, day after the meeting, which hotel you're going to stay in, how you're going to get from the hotel to the meeting. Exactly. So what do we do? Like I was saying, logistics. Yeah, logistics. And it's like, and this is a business travel. I don't want to spend my evening, you know, the whole evening planning this thing. I don't want to spend like two days doing that. Right. Unnecessary. Just, yeah, exactly. I just want to do like five minutes and that's it. And save and some money while you're at it too, if you can, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. If you can. Uh, and that's exactly what we do. We basically, we kind of bring in AI technologies to take in real-time information on the availability, prices, traffic information, all that stuff to get you the full trip 
uh, that is optimized literally around the business meeting times and locations. So you literally enter when, when your meetings are. I know. I, ju- yeah. I did that. I thought it was quite cool yeah. because I think of how much wasted time, particularly for business trips, yeah. that yeah. you have. You have to stay overnight. You have to figure out, is it cheaper to go home that day or should you rent a hotel the night before? Yeah. And then is that really efficient use of your time? Who else can you meet? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We're also working on the Google Calendar integration, so that's coming up very Aha. soon. Very oh, cool. Oh, that's Ooh. really yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. So instead of actually entering those times, you just pick a, an event from the, cal- oh, the calendar. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, we'll let you know when it's out. <laughs> Send us the yeah. news release. We'll let the world and then, know. And then, so, so if you take this non-integrated world that we're in now in terms of travel, you can pick, you can look at your flight, right? You look for the cheapest flight. And to go to your location. But then you might have a bundled opportunity to look at hotels. But that's missing everything else, right? Yeah, and it's also, it is a business travel, right? So for you, it's also important, not just the cost, but it's also convenience. It's like nonstop versus a potential connection. Um, the hotel, uh, which is closer to the uh, meeting, you know, how many stars right. it has and all those things, taking care of of the travel policies of a company, you know, restrictions that they may have and all those things. Oh, and, that's uh, true. Kind of thinking about all of that uh, and trying to make sure that you obviously don't get your wife upset staying away from home for too long. Is there like a whole algorithm just for that? Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's called the non-upset wife algorithm, right? <laughs> and and this, this is an alternative to you doing it all in a spreadsheet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that what you used to do? Well, that's what, what we all do, right? We just put in all those yeah, different we all pieces put and we there, right? add exactly. them up on a calculator and we try to crank through our heads how it will work out. So, so based on that, this, then you come back with an itinerary giving you different options that you can select from, right? You get the full door-to-door itineraries that you can select. You can book those full door-to-door itineraries. And we also give you alternatives that save you additionally more money. There might right. be a hotel just like two minutes away from the meeting, kind of gotcha. a little bit further away, but it saves you 300 bucks. And uh, for many companies, this is a very meaningful saving. But it gets better yet because with those savings, you're allowing people to take those savings and do something with it? Mm-hmm. Tell uh, us about that, Armin. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically uh, every time you book a trip that saves company money, for every dollar employee saves to the, to the company, they're in a percentage of that in travel with dollars. Which now they can go to travelwits.com and, and their use personal them. and use yeah, that. Use them so it incentivizes you to save some money so you can make some money to spend that money when you're on your trip. Yeah, we, we so, just recently we yeah. had someone basically travel completely for free. Really? Yeah, like a few days ago. That's really? called a travel with success story right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, <laughs> you got to capture that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. people can go right now to travel with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely live. It's and, uh, you can start mm-hmm, booking travelwits.com. Yeah, travelwits.com. Okay, we're talking to the founders. Of travelwits.com. So check it out as soon as you get near any kind of your device and you're planning a trip or just experiment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're in this world right now that it's everything siloed. We're still in a siloed world. Everyone comes up with a siloed solution. They have an app. You know, it's if it's integrated, it's overlaid on top or interconnected. So you guys are trying to throw, are you using the um, back end of like the search of Wikipedia, of, of uh, Expedia and the likes? No, we actually have uh, over 20 partnerships where we're pulling in a lot of uh, real-time prices and availability and traffic information. And then we have our own proprietary algorithms that parse through all of that all in that real-time. And finds and what's wow. the, yeah. the most. Even Southwest? 
You know, in Southwest Brighton. Even Southwest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right side. That's yeah. a differentiator, right? In a well, way, some, yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a differentiator. Yeah. So where? what's your vision for the next, the rest of this year? Uh, we're working on uh, getting more companies uh, uh, to pilot what we Okay, have. so does everyone hear that? They're looking for more companies. That is absolutely true. You're talking about companies that are going to use this to book their, their business travel with, because that's, that's obviously your right. sweet spot yeah, as far yeah. as that goes. Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, so many companies, I mean, you can save them a considerable amount of money and time as well, mm-hmm. too. I think people are going to be amazed when they go on and start booking their, their business trips to this. They're going to say, A, I can save some money and apply that towards travel rewards. And then B, I'm going to save like a day and a half, which can really, I mean, it's hard to put a value to that sometimes if you have someone you know, not having a, a day stuck in the air or stuck in a hotel somewhere. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing stuff. So can you do this as an individual or do you have to be a company? No, you don't have to be a company. You can actually go start using it today. Just as yourself um, if you want to, right? Just as yourself, an individual, yeah. But businesses are really the ones that can really drive some real cost efficiency. Yeah, out. yeah. And on top of everything that we just talked about, we have, because this is a must for companies, we have a lightweight dashboard for companies to manage their travel policies, travel expenses. Ah, so you can like snap into their policies and you yeah. into their overall corporate structure. So as you're, yeah. someone's booking travel, they go right through this like uh, mm-hmm. experience that allows them to go through travel wits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And approval processes and all that. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So all, the yeah. dream is that you are disrupting a lot of things. I mean, you really are. You're disrupting a lot of things. You're disrupting corporate travel agents. Yeah. You're disrupting some of the silos that I mentioned before in terms of search. What else are you disrupting? I think it's a more general is, like, you know, we are in a 21st century after all. And the fact that uh, we manually have to figure out ourselves the, all the components of a trip is just uh, absurd. You know, so it's... Uh, Specifically, taking this technology and bringing it into the business world is one way to look at it, but the same technology could be applied much broader than that. And so Pittsburghers who love their frequent flyer miles, Mm -hmm. they'll be able to use them? Yeah, so we actually, uh, right now, uh, when you book, for example, you just enter your frequent flyer numbers. Okay, so it's the same. Everything goes through us. There's this thing that happens here about these frequent flyer miles. People like the frequent flyer miles. Yeah, yeah. We support that. That's true. (laughs) But now in addition to the frequent flyer miles, you can also earn those travel with dollars. Yeah. And then you can literally have a full vacation. Right, so combine it. Right, which you can combine it. You've got the full vacation for free. Right. So what I love most about this, this is a problem that you had, and you're like, I can solve this. I can make this better using advanced technology. And people could think, like, I can solve it. But you actually took that step and said, I'm going to create a company around this. What right. You so you thinking? were at Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> what were you thinking? What are you teaching at Carnegie Mellon? Uh, robotics and AI. So uh, I do travel a lot. And that is a huge pain for myself. So I think uh, just kind of taking and solving it and also making it beneficial to yourself is uh, one yeah, of the exactly. primary purposes here. Is this so. the first time you've tried to build a company? Yes. How does it feel? Uh, it's a very interesting experience. I like it. Uh, you know, it is also a test to the um, kind of perseverance. And one of the things is that you, you start doing this and you have kind of a limited uh, view of what you, you think you're, you're going to be doing. Right. right. And all of a sudden you're wearing so many hats. Exactly. They're falling off. <laughs> they're falling off. I know, off. right? You, isn't it like, amazing? I have a hat for that. <laughs> it's amazing, like, the variety of what your responsibilities are. Yeah. How many – are you hiring at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are? Like, what are you hiring for? Uh, business developers. So we're, we're 
As I said, we are going after more companies. And, yeah. And this so you need a biz dev arm. Yeah, okay. that's the number one priority for us. And then uh, on top of that, as soon as we close our round, uh, we're going to be hiring a software engineer as well. Yeah, so what are some, you mentioned before that you're going to integrate into Google Calendars, which I think is obviously a very smart and exciting move. Mm -hmm. Any other types of uh, technology advancements you're, you're kind of planning out through the year that you can maybe hint or allude at to make travel with all the cooler? All right, yeah, sure. Uh, so we're going to be finishing up uh, more integrations with more partnerships so that we, we get more coverage in terms right. of hotel okay. inventory, in terms of flight uh, pricing, um, so, uh, as well as um, more efficient uh, booking of trains on the back end, ah, okay. and Uber, oh. and things ah, like that. Yeah. Very cool. And, and also going international. <laughs> this is one of those things. So can, yeah. can I book Jonathan on a flight to India yet? If he agrees, yes. See, all about the agreement <laughs> part. Just, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Did you tell him? No, I didn't say a word. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> it's a one-way flight. It's a one-way flight. I'm <laughs> staying there forever on the white sands of Goa. But we can support you do international yeah, exactly. yet? Uh, so it's, we can do international. It works, but it's not uh, always optimal. Okay. That's something we're gotcha. working on right now. Very cool. So go to travelwits.com and check Great. it all out. So glad you guys got to stop by. I just love it, man. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Making us proud like that, man. Only in Pittsburgh we'd build a company like this. Awesome. So, so cool. Travelwits.com. Audrey, <laughs> another tech vibe under the belt. And I don't get sad anymore because I know next week we have another slew of guests, just like Armin here, mm -hmm. ready to talk about all the great innovations they're bringing to Pittsburgh. Too much fun doing this. So learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. That's what we do. We love helping these companies do what they do, helping Pittsburgh be the best city they can be. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, have an awesome weekend.